Cornerbacks and the AFC South. Well, we continue our preview of the 2023 NFL season with our division previews and top five player ranking uh, countdowns. So, CJ, how are you doing today? Me, I'm all right. I can't complain. It's been a good day so far. Just can't wait to get into the rankings. And, of course, our friend Justin Tucker's not here because I know he would probably have Marlon Humphrey number one. But it's okay because we love Tucker. It's possible. Yeah, he might. We we love our Ravens homers. Uh, but as I mentioned before, a great episode today on the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, and Justin Tucker's out tonight. But we hope that he'll be back for next week when we start our uh, defensive end, uh, our defensive end rankings. Well, more like pass rusher because, I mean, you could be a linebacker and be one of the better pass rushers in the league. So we'll do it that way. But top five cornerbacks today, then AFC South preview, and then. We go to the fan box where we get your most underrated cornerbacks. So, CJ, kick us off with our number five. So, I was thinking about it. And, well, I'm going to have to put the Ravens man, Marlon Humphrey, at number five. Somewhere, Justin Tucker is smiling. But, you know, that's all right. So, here's the thing with Marlon Humphrey. He's been a stable corner one ever since he was taken the first round all those years ago, back in 2017, I believe. And what I like about him is how uh, it's not just, you know, the three interceptions, the 71 tackles. That's pretty good. But three sacks last season as a corner with four QB hits doing everything with a depleted Ravens DB room. You can't hate that. You really can't. And not to mention... I'll admit he does have some injury history, but according to Pro Football Reference, he started all 17 games last year. So you can't so you can't really knock him for that as of late. But overall, I would definitely say Marlon Humphrey totally deserves a, a spot in the top five. Yeah, and you talked me into it off camera, CJ. He is my number five as well. He's always just been a stable number one corner. He doesn't he hasn't allowed too many yards, but the reason he's not higher on the list is because he does he has allowed at around 600 just over 600 yards in the past four seasons so he is he's a he is a starting level number one corner and his reliability at least when he's healthy and on the field the health is a thing too his reliability when he's on the field is what earns uh is what is definitely what earns his his top five status I think just being able to show up, show up to work every day and doing stable and honest work is that's important. That is, that is something granted if you're healthy. So that's another thing. All right, then moving on to number four, this might be controversial some, but I am putting Jalen Ramsey new corner of the Miami dolphins. Now in years past, you could say, Hey, that Jalen Ramsey fellow, he's totally uh, like the best corner in the league. And I hear that. But despite having four picks last season, it was kind of a down year. Because, you know, like four picks, that's good, 88 tackles and all. But he allowed a 62% completion percentage thrown at him last year. 
and let up 659 yards. No two ways around it. On a whole Rams team that struggled, he had a down year, and it seemed like at times they were targeting him. But I, but I don't. For me, it's not enough to slide him out of the top five because he's going to Miami team where he's go, actually going to have Xavier uh, Howard on the other side of him, probably the best guy he's ever played with thus far. And I totally think that's going to like give him a bounce back here. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know. Like, was he the, was he, so Xavier Howard at this point in his career, because he, he hasn't, he's been a very up and down recently. He had a very bad year this past season. What do you think of AJ Bouye being the best he's played with? Bouye really, Bouye or how do you pronounce it? I think he only really had like one good year. Which was the year that he was, that Bouye was with Jalen Ramsey. That one year for the Saxonville Jaguars back in 2017. <laughs> it was, I mean, Bouye, if you compare their careers, I mean, this is, this is very, this is very off to the side, off topic, but um, I don't know. AJ, AJ Bouye at that point in his career was a pretty good corner, was he not? He was all right, but I have his stats in front of me right now. You know, he had like 56 tackles, six interceptions. That's good. But the very next year, he falls off completely. Oh, yeah. I mean, like 46 solo tackles, one interception. Like, it's it's not good. And they don't, and um, Pro Football Reference actually doesn't have his advanced stats from 2017. But I assure you, it was not good. Probably so he was really good. only good for one year. And that's my point. Actually, it does. It does have his advanced defense. Wait, really? Where? Um, and oh uh, yeah, not from 2017. That's right. Um, not from 2017, but 2018. Uh, 420 yards allowed in pass coverage. Uh, then he really fell off a cliff. 855 yards allowed mm-hmm. in coverage. But then 2020, he was a little better. But it was also just in seven games. So I don't know. But more to the point. My number four is Darius Slay. Now, Slay has been very up and down in the past couple of years. Um, but this past season, he was that was it was the upside. It was up, which is good. Um, and I think the fact that he's coming back and in a good situation with um the other the other kid on the other side, I think that's going to help him. Because it, it did this past year when you added another corner on the other side of the ball. Um, name is completely ex- escaping me. J- uh, James Bradbury? Exactly, yep. James Bradbury. When you have that other corner on the other side, it get, it takes a lot off his plate. And he's continued to be as good as he has. Um, his years are limited, but I think he has at least one, maybe two years left in him. And he continues to be a top five corner. He's my number four. I hear you. I do. Can't say I disagree. He's not mine. He's he's definitely top ten though. So you know it's wherever. It's whatever. So my number three is now the second year sensation Sauce Gardner. And let me tell you something. The Jets hit a home run with this pick. First season in the league, defensive rookie of the year. First team all pro, pro bowler, I tell you, this kid, man. 75 combined tackles in his first season, along with 20 passes defensed and two interceptions. Not too shabby. 
and only allowing 452 yards. That, that's 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 pretty good. I mean, he's easily top five. And my only concern for him is, you know, some corners have the dreaded sophomore slump. So it's something I think you got to be wary of. But overall, I don't expect it to affect him too much. Yeah. Uh, so I I think Sauce Gardner is going to be is going to be even better than he was last year, especially with um, an improved overall team. I think when you have a better when you have a better offense, then it puts a lot it takes a lot of pressure off of that defense and it keeps them off the field. So they'll be well rested throughout the game, which is an important thing for a for a defensive unit. Um, but my number three, hang on, heading back. To my number three is Jair Alexander. So Alex Jair Alexander, when he is on the field, which he he has been other than that one season, very healthy, has been one of the best corners in the game, if not the best. And he continues to impress. He com- he is one of those rare corners who can actually make a wide receiver disappear. He is that good. Now, he he hasn't been his he he's been he's allowed a couple of he's had a couple of games where he's allowed Jeff, Justin Jefferson to uh, to climb all over him, but every corner has that. And the only reason that I have him at number three is because there are some young guns who are really really starting to starting to. Um, uh, starting who are really starting to emerge as the game's best. And since they did this in their rookie seasons, kind of gave it away there since they did it in their rookie years where corners aren't always that good. Their sophomore years. I mean, the sky is the limit for them. So Jair Alexander is my number three. Well, Jair Alexander is actually my number two. And for the same reasons you mentioned, you know, after having a really injury-riddled 2021 season, he bounced back. Start. He played in 16 games, but he started all 16. And here's the thing. He's one of the best pure coverage guys in the league with 14 passes defense and five interceptions on top of that. And he's about four tackles for loss, you know, 56 uh, – Combined tackles, because, I mean, you know, here on the Phone Rooski podcast, as Adam mentioned, we appreciate a guy who can do it all. But the thing is with Jair Alexander, you know, we've mentioned injuries, but he's not that much of a tackler. He's more of a pure coverage guy. But he's so good in coverage, allowed a completion percentage under 60%, and on top of that, allowed a pat- his lowest passer rating ever last season at a 63.7. See, I think that's pretty good. I mean, yeah, he's one of the best in the game. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no two ways about it. He's he's consistently been elite, and the only issue has been his health, which yeah. it was only that one year <clears throat> where he actually got hurt for most of the season. And then when he came back impressively, he didn't miss a beat. Yep. So that is going to be, I mean, it's going to be a, a huge piece to this to this Packers team that is that might be lacking at the off on the offensive side of the ball. We'll see how Jordan Love does. Um, but my number two is Tariq Woolen. So this guy is a he's the he is the type of of corner 
who can make a wide receiver disappear, just like the last guy, except do it even better. And he's a rookie. And he got six interceptions this past season. He's a ball hawk. And the and the um, quarterbacks don't respect him. Or they, Jesus, they do, they do, the quarterbacks do respect him. And in the few times that he is targeted, he makes them pay, which is huge. And it, it, it causes, causes these quarterbacks to learn their lesson. So Tariq Woolen is my number one. So CJ, what is your number two? You mean, Uh, Jesus, your number number two. Who's your number two? I really thought about it, but my number one is uh, Patrick Sertan from the Broncos. And here's the thing. He was targeted a lot more this year, and even still, like his, his interception numbers don't jump at you. He only had two picks last year, but 60 combined tackles along with only allowing 468 yards, like, that's pretty good, considering the fact he plays in a really tough division. And for for Sertan, you have to look kind of beyond his stats. You know, he was a uh, – how do I put this? He was literally first-team All-Pro last year. And in, in his second season, he was able to, I think, avoid the sophomore slump. He got his first Pro Bowl last year, and, on top, and he got a forced fumble, 10 passes defense. But – I think more so than anyone else, maybe Ramsey, he's a leader. That's what he does. He is a leader. He's the guy everyone on that defense looks to. And the fact that he can play as well as he does with, you know, in the AFC West is nothing short of a miracle, honestly, because, you know, you're going, you're live against guys like uh, Mike Williams and sometimes Travis Kelsey and Devontae Adams. All right. I get I left Patrick Sertan out of my top five, mainly because I mean he is a number one, but I want to I really want to see him, you know, stack up against all the other all the other corners again in the league um on an elite level. I just think Jair Alexander is better than him. I think Tariq Woolen is better. And I also happen to believe that Sauce Gardner is the number one corner heading into the 2023 NFL season. And this is a guy who, so they, so go in college when he was drafted, the biggest, the, the biggest strength for this guy is that quarterbacks respected him in college. He was never thrown to because they, they, they did not dare to take the risk of making him pay. So what happened in the NFL in his rookie year? Quarterbacks did throw towards him. He was targeted 86 times. And he still allowed just 20 yards more than Tariq Woolen did. And Woolen wasn't even thrown to that often. He was only thrown to about 60 times. And he also had 20 passes defended. That's the most in the entire NFL. This guy deserved defensive rookie of the year, and he's going to take a step forward, which with an improved, uh, <clears throat> with an improved offensive front uh, for the for the Jets, which will make him more rested, well rested, and he will continue to put up good numbers. This guy is a future defensive player of the year. Mark my words. Yeah, that's fair. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree. Good. Good. Yeah, you know, we keep it respectful. I mean, it's not like somebody, you know, who would probably have Marlon Humphrey number one. But once yeah. again, it's all right. Well, you had Patrick Sertan at number one, so we disagree on something. Yeah, but it's like, I mean, I understand. I mean, you understand my point. I understand yours. I'm not going to bite your head off, so it's, it's fine. Yeah, that is good sports radio right there. <laughs> no debate, just, okay, agree to disagree. I mean, I can, but I, I don't want to get into it, but it's it's whatever. This is sports talk radio. You go ahead and say whatever is on your mind. I just, I don't know, but Sauce isn't a leader, though. That's the thing. That that's my whole thing. I haven't seen him like command a defense. Nobody rallies around him. I don't know. Are you sure about that? I am fairly certain. CJ Mosley is probably like the real signal caller leader of that defense, but that's neither here nor there. Listen, he led the charge in that uh in that Aaron Rodgers recruiting debacle. Okay, and- so and I think if you are able to recruit uh, a 39-year-old veteran quarterback. Who has been? Who is known to be one of the best in the game over the past decade? Aaron Rodgers is going to the Jets regardless of sauce. How do we know that? Because his agent literally said so. He was mocked to the Jets. Everyone knew he was going to the Jets before the season ended. I wouldn't say they knew he was going to the Jets. I mean, there were a lot of different destinations he could have gone to, and they and. The Jets just so happened to be one of the teams that was interested. They wanted him. They wanted him. You could tell. They brought in Nathaniel Hackett, who is the who is clearly bait to try and lure him in. Then they bring in Alan Lazard. Then they bring in Randall Cobb. Okay, yeah. They, but so like they've so, like, so you really think Sauce is the defining factor in all this, despite the fact like of everything else you just named. Well, I, he was le- he was leading the charge in the whole thing. He was, so, he so was it wasn't they brought back as an offensive coordinator, him. and it wasn't that they brought in Lazard and Cobb, but it's it's whatever, man. Well, there's Lazard and Cobb, and then there's Sauce Gardner. One of them was def- was the defensive rookie of the year. And, and, and two of them played with Rodgers and was literally bait to try to get him there. He was, I'm telling you, he was going there with or without Sauce. Okay, well, I don't know if that, that defense is as elite as it was without Sauce last year. No, well, I'm not talking about whether or not the defense was a lead or not. That's the thing. Like, yeah, it was, but to say that Sauce was one of, if not the defining factor that caused Rodgers to go to the Jets, uh, I'm not. I am not certain. All right, we're we're just gonna have to agree to disagree there. That's fair. Um, up next, we got our AFC South preview. So, how that division is going to stack up? That's next. This is the Fumble Ruski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Ruski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright, 
and CJ Medeiros here with you. So we are on to our second segment and our third installment of our division previews going into the 2023 NFL season, which is this week, the AFC South. So that is the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Tennessee Titans, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Houston Texans. So kind of right off the bat for the uh, for this division, I mean, you have to have the Jaguars winning this division. I mean, there's, there's really no other way around it. Uh, Tennessee has completely fallen apart after this past season. Uh, Indianapolis is still a couple of years off and think, in fact, I think things are going to get worse before they get better for them. And Houston is just like, they're, they're headed in the right direction, but they're a couple of years off. I think the, the organization clearly is in good hands with Nick Casario, uh, for Houston, but Jacksonville has been doing some great things. They have continued it throughout this off season. You know, they lost Jawan Taylor, and then they they drafted. They took a kid in the draft uh, to replace him at ta- at the tackle position. Um, and then you add Calvin Ridley to the mix with already wide receiver one caliber Christian Kirk. So adding all of these pieces together, I mean, this is a this is a force to be reckoned with, and possibly even a contender to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Perhaps. Now, see, here's the thing with this whole division. There, no, no bones about it. This is this is a one horse race. There's, I really don't think, barring like a miracle, like some player you never heard of, just comes right out of nowhere, or Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud have like insane rookie years, you know, a la Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow. That I, I don't see anyone really competing with Jacksonville. And the thing is, Jacksonville got better. Lawrence got better. Travis Etienne is healthy. You have Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, and Evan Ingram, a revamped line and a defense that's getting there. And, I mean, I guess maybe your closest competition is maybe the Titans, but Ryan Tannehill is on the fast lane out of the league. Outside of Derrick Henry, you have nobody that's scary. I mean, maybe Traylon Burks, but that's a big maybe. You know, you lost Robert Woods. Uh, you lost Taylor Lewan. Your defense is still hit or miss at best. And Indy, I- I'm just so disappointed with Indy. Jonathan Taylor took a step back. That whole offensive line from Kelly to, to uh, Nelson took a step back. That defense took a step back. It's like... In, and you're definitely going to experience some growing pains, especially with somebody as raw as Anthony Richardson, who I honestly don't even think he, he's even going to start next season. And the only team that's probably got the closest bright, you know, I feel like Indy might have a bright future, but a team that I would say, barring a horrific screw up, that has the brightest future and the closest bright future is it's the Texans. And even still, you have rookie C.J. Stroud, a receiver core that lost Brandon Cooks, but they did get Robert Woods, right? I mean, you've got a solid receiver room. Your defense, you know, you bolster with guys like Will Anderson. It's a very young team, and there's definitely going to be some growing pains, but maybe they can contend with Jacksonville. But right now, the only way Jacksonville loses this division 
is if they have like a Ravens or 49ers type season where everybody gets hurt. Yeah, like the only way Jacksonville isn't a at, at the very least a playoff team is if they lose everyone. Like, and I mean everyone. Like, I you could even make a case even if they lose Trevor Lawrence, they have a good team around them, and if they have a serviceable backup who has a career year, maybe they do make the playoffs. I mean, this division just who it is sucks. I don't know, but whoever it is, whoever it is, whoever it is. They if if they if they can throw the ball for twenty or more yards, it's and CJ they can Beathard. do it with some sort of accuracy. I could see CJ Beathard taking this team to the playoffs. Hey, well, he wouldn't take them. The team would take him to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. But they, they this is a good team around them. Like they need a lot of injuries in order for things to not work out at Jacksonville. Or let's say the coaching just falls apart again, like uh, like Urban Meyer in twenty twenty one. Like it, it, it has to be that bad, but I just don't see it. I don't see it. And um, look, I, I do love the, I love the direction that Houston is going in. I think they're doing some very good things. They need that wide receiver one and they need CJ Stroud to take a year or so um, under NF with against NFL defenses and with, with NFL coaching uh, to really develop into what he could potentially be at the big league level, so we'll have to see. We'll have to see with him. Um, I think he can do very well. What you are, what you are missing in your Texans analysis is Dalton Schultz. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. So they still have him. They have Damian Pierce in the running game. They have Robert Woods. They also do have John Mechie. Yeah, well, is he going to be healthy? Well, he should be. He's coming back, so we'll see how that goes. They, they have him, so it's a potential guy. They don't have that number one option for for uh, CJ Stroud yet, which they're probably looking to do in next in this next off season. Which tells me this that this is a developmental year for the team. It's not a bad thing. Sometimes yeah. you have to take a step back before you take a step forward. And I think I do think that Nick Casario is doing a very good job as GM of this team. I do. Ever like how do you like how do you get the return that you do from Deshaun Watson, a guy who was not who was uh, borderline untradeable with his off the field issues, and he also when he took this year off, I mean, he like even without those those you know all the allegations, he took a year off and he was not willing to to negotiate with the with the Texans at all. So I mean that does say some bad some bad things about the guy, but they still got three first round picks out of it. Mm-hmm. So you did that. You drafted some good guys with it. You completely bolstered that offensive line. So the sky is the limit for the Texans in uh, in the near future, but the future, not now. Right now, it is the Jacksonville Jaguars who are going to be on top in this division and potentially in the AFC. Yeah, I think they may have like a little ways to go, especially on defense if they want to stack up to someone like Cincy or KC. But overall, it's hard not to like the direction they're going, at least, you know, for Jacksonville. I guess. So when we stack them up, so the AFC North was last year. But mm-hmm. when we when we stack them up against Cincy, Chidobi A. Woozy and Cam Taylor Britt, 
against Jacksonville's secondary. They have Tyson Campbell and they had Shaq Griffin, but they don't anymore. So I, I don't know. I'm forgetting the other guy who they had over there. I mean, um, they're not bad, but I, I don't know. I trust Joe Burrow and company to put up like way more fireworks. I mean, that's the thing. Like they're going to get out score. I mean, unless their defense can step up Jacksonville's, I mean. Yeah, I would say, well, I would say their defense, at least in the front seven, is a little better than Cincinnati's. Yeah, yeah, they have a Josh, you know, they have the other Josh Allen and Devin Lloyd. Foyasade uh, Oloakon. Yep, and who's their other edge rusher exactly? Uh, you got Trayvon Walker. Oh, don't get me started on Trayvon Walker. Like little mini rant here. I'm not sold on him until they use him correctly. They're using him as an off-ball linebacker, and they should not. Yeah, and he should have been like. They're not lining him up on the edge. He was drafted as an edge rusher. Thank you. And it's not like he's actually doing much. He's only racked up 24 tackles. Because they're using him as an off-ball linebacker, and that's not what he's ever been. Like I, I like I said, don't respectfully do not talk to me about Trayvon Walker until they learn how to use him. Exactly. Um, but as for corners, their their starters are Darius Williams oh, and yeah. Tyson Tyson Campbell. Eh, I still take Cincy's guys. Yeah, they're uh Cincinnati is my favorite to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um not only make it there, but also win it. But Jacksonville could give them a run for their money. Oh, they certainly could. And the more, the more Trevor Lawrence improves, the more I like him stacking up against Joe Burrow. Like they are, they play style. They're basically the same. They're both high volume uh, yards guys and touchdown passes while getting a little up there in the interceptions. But if you get like eight to 12 a year with 30 plus touchdowns, then you're fine. Yeah. So I mean they're basically they're basically the same and they're both big time competitors in the big in the big moment. I cannot wait for a playoff matchup between those two. That's gonna be awesome. Yep. That's gonna be fun. Um, but we'll deal with that when we get to January and uh it's the postseason and we are trying to figure out who's going to be the AFC champ, which is gonna be a lot of fun. Um and no no nothing to nothing to uh you know knock on Patrick Mahomes, but it's just that his, the team that is around him is not that good. Then well, again, we, we did say that last year, but yeah, this, well, is, he's, this is bottom of the he, he has less now. I mean, we know we praised him for doing more with less, but more with, I mean, more with almost nothing. Cause like I said before, I've said it once, I'll say it a thousand times. If Travis Kelsey goes down, it's going to be a long season for them. This is the same stuff that Tom Brady had to deal with in uh, in twenty thirteen. He had nothing, but he did get him to the AFC Championship. And that's also what he had to deal with when he first started out. Remember, you know, Troy Brown, David Givens, a tight end who I can't remember. Yeah, and let's also not forget these are all Patriots teams who either won the Super Bowl or made the AFC Championship. So if Patrick Mahomes is anywhere close to what. Uh, Tom Brady is, then he might figure it out. We'll see. But yep. I, I either way, I'm loving what 
the AFC is shaping out to be as at, at, at least the top of the, the top of the top, you know, you got Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, just to name a few. I mean, there's other guys, Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers for a year or two. <laughs> like this is going to be a fun season in the AFC. Um, bad for the Patriots. If Mac Jones can play in any sort of capacity, but we'll see. We'll yep. see. All right, so that wraps up our AFC South preview. Uh, next, we are going to go to the fan box where we're gonna where we asked you, and we are going to react to your answers about the most underrated cornerbacks going into the 2023 NFL season. That's next. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Fumble Ruski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros. We welcome you to the fan box portion of this show where we post a question filter on our Instagram every Monday and you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more. And we will discuss it and give you a shout out on our podcast. Respond to next week's fan box question to be featured on our show. So for the question of the week, we asked you guys what your most underrated cornerback was going into the 2023 NFL season. Uh, we got 17 responses for this one. So big turnout for you guys. I appreciate, we appreciate all of the support that you guys have given throughout the years and you guys didn't disappoint in this week. So Owen, Owen Vanslack actually had two responses. So he said first Kendall Fuller, which is a very good one. He's been underrated for years. He's been underrated for a very long time, simply because he is on a team that cannot decide a name. So how can you t- how can you mention Kendall Fuller if you don't even know what team he plays for? Jesus, <laughs> they're about to change their name again. Apparently, wait, what? Yeah, no way. Yeah, because there, uh, because there's another team orders. somewhere in, out in there in the ether called the Commanders. Oh my so they, God. they so it was already trademarked. So they if they lose this legal battle, then they have to na- change their name again, which might not be the worst thing because Commanders may have, may be the most bland name I have ever heard in my life. I still think Red Wolves is the the big ticket here. Yeah. What about I'm just thinking about that Washington area. What about the Blue Claws? Hmm? Like the like the like the crab. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm just I'm just thinking out loud. But neither here nor there. Uh, Owen Vanslack also said, "I know he's a rookie, but Cater Coho, uh, Coho. Uh, Coho. The thing is, he's not a rookie, and yes, he's very underrated. He's on the Dolphins. He's he's going to learn a lot from Ramsey and Howard. Yeah. So he may not get that much playing time. I wonder, can he play in the slot though? I believe he can. So there you go. He'll get some playing time, but 
his name recognition is still going to be overshadowed by uh, those two monsters who are going to be lining up wide. Um, Pat- Patrick Williver said Stokes, but also keep an eye out for Darren uh, Darren Bland. Oh, I think it's a Duran. Right, Duran uh, Bland. Yeah, he's good, but I wonder how much playing time he's going to get now that Gilmore is probably your CB two. Yeah, but um, also Stokes. That has been a guy. Mm-hmm. So he's been up and down. So he's more of like a cornerback two, especially to Jair Alexander. But it's he, he still contributes to what is actually a very good Packers secondary for the past couple of years. He was taken in the first round, so maybe he's not as good as he was supposed to be when they drafted him. But he's still pretty good. Solid one-two punch between him and Alexander. Um, but you're... Uh, Ian Mulhern said Dante Jackson. Yes, I, I can confirm. I like Dante Jackson. He's he's very underrated, doesn't get his respect, and I'm still mad the Patriots didn't take him that I don't want to say like 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh well. Um, but Dante Jackson has been a very good corner in the past few years for the Panthers. A big part of what has been a solid secondary in the past few years, sneakily one of the best in the league, uh, the Panthers have because mm-hmm. you can name sev- you could rack off several names in that secondary between him, J.C. Horn, Jeremy uh, Chin, Dante Jackson, Jeremy Chin, the list goes on. Uh, Stephen Parker said Shadobi a woozy, and he also said Mike Hilton. So two of the three starting corners. Um, for the for the Bengals and two who are, who are actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Bengals secondary doesn't really have anyone who's like super flashy, but but let me tell you someone they're all clicking. It is insane. Yeah, I mean, like they don't have any of the best in the league, but they still have two solid starting level corners. Chidobi A. Woozy for the eight games that he played last year, he didn't allow a single touchdown. So he was actually pretty dominant last year. He's not a household name, at least maybe not yet, but he was pretty good. And also a guy who hasn't been mentioned, or I don't think he he was by any of our fan box responders, uh, Cam Taylor Britt did a yep. good job stepping in in relief of a woozy. Now you have both of them as starting, as starting corners. Um, and then you have Mike Hilton in the slot, one of the best slot corners in the league. They, that, that's that Cincinnati team top to bottom is just they, that that team is going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, Chris College said Jack Jones high key could have put himself into this category next season. He could have, but then he saw John Morant and said, "Hold my beer." And he even commented about it. He tweeted and to- and talked about how John Morant was such an idiot for what he did, and then he did the same thing. Mm. The whole thing is just ridiculous, and it's upsetting to to us as Patriots fans because of what could have been. Because you look at you look at Gonzalez, and now you also you would have had Jack Jones and Jonathan Jones in the slot. I mean, yep. just that would have been. But he decided to bring a loaded gun to an airport. Okay. Um, and 
not speaking out against the Second Amendment and not speaking for it either. However, why bring it through security? Why airport? Why why airport mm. security? That's just that's just come on. That's just stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cola DJ said so. He had a couple responses. He had J.C. Horn and A.J. Terrell. Yes, both of them. J.C. Horn only his second year, but oh man, did he take a huge step? And A.J. Terrell would probably be recognized. And I, I, I'm guilty of this too. Perhaps as like a top five corner, if he didn't, if he wasn't on a team that sucked. It's not even just that he also got hurt, so he didn't. So uh, he missed most of last year. Um, I would have Terrell top five. In fact, I had him number two going into last year, and he might have been if he didn't get hurt. True. So it it really it really stinks. We hate injuries, and J.C. Horn, another injury issue. But in the time that he has played, he's been really good. He allowed just 400 yards in, thir- in 13 games last year and 18 in the three games that he played his rookie season. So in the limited time that he has been able to play, he's been uh, one of the better young corners in the game. So we'll see what he does. I was actually fighting the urge to put J.C. Horn top five, hmm. and I came through and replaced him with uh, Marlon Humphrey, who was probably more deserving since – He's been more of a stable guy. Um, William Mantle said DJ Reed. So the number two corner for the New York Jets. Everybody thinks of Sauce Gardner. Nobody thinks mm-hmm. about DJ Reed. Yeah, Reed's been uh, overshadowed by Sauce, but he's pretty good in his own right. He He's definitely a, a darn good uh, corner too. Yeah. Um, I I second you on that. Uh, you know, DJ Reed, all the number two corners always get overshadowed. People always think about the one, but the two is, I mean, that's important too. Uh, then you got Nick Reyes, who said Stefan Gilmore, a guy who's been playing at a high level even since his Patriots days when he was an all pro and defensive player of the year. Uh, going for hopping from team to team, he was on. He was a Panther, then he was a Colt, but he still puts up numbers regardless. Yep. Yeah, age has yep. not slowed him down one bit, and because he's getting up there in age, people tend to forget about him. But like you said, he's still playing at like an elite level. Yeah, and maybe he won't be the defensive player of the year caliber guy that he was, but. He could still play at a number one corner level, which is why this Dallas Cowboys defense is probably the best it's been in a long time and most Mm well-rounded Cowboys team in a while. Uh, Floodster Sports Zone said Carlton Davis has been underrated for a long time. He's their number one corner. That's there's, there's no two ways about that, but he's never, he's not the flashy, uh, number one elite guy. He never really was, um, but he's a number one corner on a Super mm-hmm. Bowl winning team. Which, by the way, he was. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Jack Rob said, uh, "said uh, Newsom," as in Greg Newsom, right? Yeah. yeah. So Greg Newsom from the Browns. Mm-hmm. I can see um, it. He's yes. got to get his coverage stats a little better, but overall, he's not shabby. Yeah, he's young, so he has that going for him, and he's shown flashes. Um, 
but if he can continue that development, he could be a pretty good corner. Um, also, if Denzel Ward could just get his crap together, along with that entire Browns organization, <laughs> um, they could be very good. Um, Eli Turner said Charvarius Ward. Yeah, I mean, he's all right, but he's very, and I do mean very inconsistent. He's either making the game-winning pick or he's getting burned for like a 75-yard touchdown. Yeah, and he has he has improved greatly from his Chiefs days to the uh to the 49ers, but yep. um but he still he does have a little bit of an inconsistency there, uh which is something you don't want in a corner. Uh Landon Weber said Tariq Woolen, who was the runner up for defensive rookie of the year, only to Sauce Gardner. And to that, like, if you're the runner-up for defensive rookie of the year, you're not really underrated. Yeah, I, I I hear that. I just there's not really a lot I can like say, but yeah, he's certainly like if he can do what he did last year again, then he's definitely going to be like a bona fide top top five. Yeah, and also you add Devin Witherspoon to that mix, and. Um, that's going to be, I mean, there, you can clearly see that they're trying to restore their former, uh, Legion of boom from earlier in the 2010s decade. Uh, Mm -hmm. but Jad Noman said Marlon Humphrey, another guy who I wouldn't say is underrated. I would say if I pick anything, I'd say he's slightly over because he's, he's always been looked at as one of the best corners of the game. But if you look at his stats, I just don't see it. Like he's a number one. Don't get me wrong, but he's always been he's always been allowing over six hundred yards in coverage, which isn't bad. It's it's pretty solid, but it's not Sauce Gardner or Tariq Woolen level. It just isn't, and it's not Patrick Sertan level either. Yep. So I mean, all of the best corners in the game. I mean, those are all the the younger ones, and you can even mention Jair Alexander as well. Uh, but Marlon Humphrey, he's still a good corner. He's still mm-hmm. a very good corner. He's just not underrated. That's all. Um, Jay-Z8 Hockey said, Eli Apple, everyone disrespects him. And rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah. Earlier in his career when he was a giant, he he showed some promise. Mm-hmm. And maybe he would be looked at in a better light if he wasn't talking so much. Especially yeah. since he's not really an elite corner. He was drafted in the first round by the Giants, but he hasn't really delivered on that since he's been in the league. Because he is a draft bust. Yeah. 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 I mean, that there's there's really not much more to say about it. I mean, like they the the Bengals let him walk for a reason. You have you have a you have a jet uh you have a young emerging star, uh, not star, but solid player in Cam Taylor Britt. You got Chidobi Awuzi, who's continuing to look better and better by the year. And then you got Mike Hilton in the slot. So there's re- it really leaves no room for Eli Apple, which tells you what the what the Bengals think of that guy. How do you think he was signed? Um, I don't think so either. We'll have to look at that. Um, all right. Well, that is the last of our responses. Any other, anything else before we end the show, CJ? Nope. 
All right. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. We have new episodes out on Tuesdays and Fridays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week over and out.